Blog Talk Radio. I'm sure you sense that they kind of went against where I am in the journey. 
and uh, they struck you the same way. And part of it was this thing about striving uh, with the intention. Mm-hmm. It didn't sound like that there would be a reward sometime in the future. And you got back to me and said, boy, I would like to, uh, you know, I wish I could have called in. I had to put you on mute because you were driving and it was, we were picking up a lot yeah. of static. But uh, so I said, well, let's do the show and you can voice your opinion on all of that. I, oh boy, uh, talk about striving. <laughs> um, yeah, well, that's that's the thing with uh, not only being a special needs parent, I dealt with uh, issues of my own, but, you know, aside from that, uh, it's, it's not about that. I, I remember hearing her, you know, I really wanted to chime in, but I said, I can't, please put me back on. Um, you know, there's. I, I consider myself, I call myself a chronic optimist, and it's funny that I say that because even just this morning um, my husband was saying, you know, there's just a couple of things that I was griping about, which which is only normal. But I said, uh, he said, you know, don't be so negative. I said, well, every now and then, you know, I think everybody has a right. You know, they kind of step off their little uh, chronic optimism wagon. and uh, But I, I get right back on it again. And... You know, I've had people ask, how could you be so positive, you know, with what you've dealt with? with uh, I, and it's not just me. I would think that there are thousands upon thousands of other families that have children, not only just with what uh, Victoria has, Rett syndrome, um, but any other kind of disability whatsoever, that, you know, to get up in the morning and the first thing you need to do and I'm, this is going to sound kind of coarse, but the first thing you need to do is check to see if your child's breathing. And this is every single day. You know, wow. I hear her, whether I, yeah, whether I hear her giggling or I, even if I hear her complaining, you know, if I hear her whining or, or just, you know, hollering out, hey, you know, where are you? <laughs> That's, boy, jump out of bed, woo, feet hit the floor. It's like, you know, and and that right there is my first the first little drop of optimism right there. You know, I got up, my children are healthy, I got a roof over my head. And a lot of people tend to forget about the small things. And, um, you know, even the milestones. And Victoria has made me see milestones I've hit myself. And I can't, I cannot leave her big sister out of the equation because she's been an incredible inspiration as well. Um, and she's been inspired by her little sister. And uh, Victoria teaches us, it teaches all of us, that really when you think about it, there's really not all that much to complain about. You know, she's got this huge smile on her face. And regardless of the fact, she's in a wheelchair. She cannot use her hands. She can't even really communicate. She communicates through eye gaze. She communicates through body language. She communicates through certain sound or cries that she lets out. And to, you know, to see her smiling, happy, just gives you this whole new perspective. You know, you're saying, what do I really have to complain about? You you know, I could sit sit here and complain all day about these little petty things that when I sit back and think about it later, I say, you know, what a fool. (laughs) Why am I sitting here complaining about petty things when – you know, I've got my daughter sitting here, and and she's completely and utterly dependent upon everyone around her. 
Right. So, yeah. And, you know, you mentioned adversity. Um, and uh, there's a little something I was, I was uh, doodling down. I said, I have come face-to-face with adversity. Myself and thousands of other parents or children with a challenging condition also come face-to-face with another part of themselves that I nor they ever knew existed, a hidden capacity that had been laying dormant and imperceptible. I believe that through the devastation is where the strength is born. Victoria is and has been my prime mover. I definitely cannot leave her sister out of the equation like I mentioned before due to the, I would say some people would think we had a odd relationship between being mother and daughter, but um, we're mother and daughter and best friends and confidants and everything else. So, um, you know, that's, I think that's a lot where the light comes in on the optimism. Yeah, yeah. You know, and 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 let's get back to the uh <clears throat> the striving part. I mean, again, you you are able to find no matter what the adversity, I mean, it sounds to me like every time we've talked and your philosophy and everything else, you're not living uh expecting um that well, today's no good, but someday it will be. Today is as good as you're going to get. Mhm. Make it the best. Uh, my father used to say that, you know, um, and he used to say strive for the best, uh, you know, and even, you know, my mother, she she did the same. She strived for the very best that could come, you know, with no matter what, even if it was the smallest thing. But striving, yeah. Um, sometimes that word, I I don't even really bring that word in sometimes you just I've gotten so used to um, facing the challenge every day that the word striving just doesn't seem to fit in I just I just go I just go with it just you know I mean yeah I uh, you know we just have to do I mean, to me, part of you know, it's interesting. I watched uh, a movie about Eddie the Eagle. Uh, Do you know who that is? I do not. No. Okay, Eddie the Eagle was uh, yeah, it's way before your time. But uh, the Calgary Olympics, the same Olympics that uh, the hockey team beat the Russians. There was a character from England who was doing the ski high jump, and he was awful. He was. People were finishing 60 meters ahead of him, uh, and I mean it was it wasn't even a contest. However, he he the story behind it was that he wanted to go to uh, the Olympics. So this is the age was five. He, it was his dream, and he was crippled. He had uh, one leg and a uh, uh, not a cast but a brace. And everybody laughed at him and said, and he had nothing athletic in his character at all. But he had this drive, and he was possessed by this dream to go to the Olympics. And he ended up becoming, because he was the only high, uh, high jump in skiing for Great Britain, they had to put him in. He qualified, so he ended, <laughs> he ended up going to the Olympics. And he became the star of the Olympics because of his enthusiasm. But there were a couple of quotes at the end that really impressed me that, um, you know, I – you know, had a problem with the other show in that it said, um, doing your best is the only option. 
even if it ends in failure. Mm-hmm. And then the last quote was from directly from the commissioner of the Olympics, international figure, who said, the joy is in the st- struggle, not in the triumph. So I'm going to shut up and let you talk about that. <laughs> the jo- yes. Um, it's all, I, it's, it's this perspective, I would say, um, the joy is in the struggle. It's and it builds. I could see that is in building up strength. Um, and I mean, personally, for me, it's becoming stronger. And through that struggle, breaking out of, as I call them, shells. And I feel through life, uh, you know, from the time we're small and up, we're breaking out of shells. In fact, I've broken out of quite a few, I think, over the years, especially um, coming on, on the air with you. I broke out of a couple, and um, I I feel that if you say with the stronger you get, the stronger you are to break through the hardest of shells, and it's, I guess, if you want to say struggle, um, I guess you could say that you're, 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 you could be struggling to, to break out of that, that one so that you can move on to the next. Uh, that's, that's my, my perception of it. Um, I just, uh, because at the end, once you're over that struggle, that's where, as you say, the joy you know the um, the celebration comes in, and you move on. But right. uh, I, yeah, I, I mean, I just personally myself, um, I know that I, I've been struggling uh, from for the past uh, so many months. I recently lost my mother in March, and uh, you know, I knew I knew the time was coming, and. Uh, I just, uh, you know, that's been, you know, I've, I've been trying to, there's certain, certain griefs I've gotten past. You know, I feel that there's, there's, uh, you go through uh, phases of uh, grieving. And um, I'm past the anger, of course, and um, I'm past the whole, you know, I'm going to shut myself in for a while. But uh, I know that you know, I think you even when when you posted uh, it's about grieving. Um, I feel that it, over the years you continue to, but you hit certain peaks. You you know you get stronger along the way, and I, you know, like I say it's only been since March, but I I also I sit back and I say, well, you know, how would she want me to feel? How would she want me? Would she want me to just sit here and just keep, you know, not moving forward, not going forward, not not going forward with a smile on my face, not uh, becoming stronger, you know, becoming happier? You know, why should I sit back and let it, you know, smother me, let the grief smother me? No. She wants me to move forward. She wants me to come, be stronger, you know, and uh, – and like I said, I lost my father back in, when I was in my 20s, and, and I learned a lot, you know, over the years from that. Um, 
there are times where, yeah, that grief tends to hit me. But then I say, wait, you know, I, I remember what they told me. You know, whenever I started getting down on myself or getting down on life, I think back to what, you know, they strive through, what they got through. And I tell myself, well, gee, you know, they're strong enough to do it. I know I am. So, right. Yeah. You know, they gave me that strength. I inherited that strength from them, and I should definitely take it and, you know, hold it close to me and, and be be happy about it, be proud of it. Even you know, in certain in certain, if you want to say, um, certain respects of being proud. I mean, you know, we've talked about that before. Um, it's uh, it's not easy, and I've told a lot of. You know, people I know, friends, I say, you know, be close regardless of the relationship you have, even though it's really none of my business, but regardless of the relationship they have with their family, uh, coming from an Italian family, coming from, you know, that, that type of background, you know, you should always keep in touch, always be there. Um, there's a certain time where they took care of you. Now it's your turn to ter- take care of them. And that's what I did, especially with my mother. I took care of her, I would say, the last um, three months that she was that she was with us. You know, we we made sure that she um, that she had, you know, she was happy, you know, and and it didn't it didn't take a lot, but um, you know, I was there for her. Yes, you were, and uh, again, you know, I mean, we can't really. We we really have no say in what comes into our life. All we can really do We're is We're not react. driving the bus. Right. Exactly. Not driving the bus. So you certainly, if you were to paint a picture of the life that you wanted, you wouldn't have painted the picture you have. But let me ask you this, and you've alluded to this in some of your posts. And uh, Would you change any of it right now? No. No, because it's it's made me into a person. I look back years ago. I want to say even twenty years ago. I say, who was that? She's right. a stranger to me. And I look at pictures and go, I don't know who that is. You know, compared to to right. um, strength I've built up now. Yeah. Well, I know that you said that you know many times. No matter where you go, or what you're doing, you know, you see people's reaction to you and your daughter. And you, to them, they can't even begin to imagine. Yet it is your life. It's the life that you have. Mm-hmm. And it's the daughter you have. So would you, you know, I mean, I mean, imagine your life without her. I'm, I'm sure you um, can't. I can't. I can't, really. Uh, that's something that I think every one of the parents, you know, thinks of when they think of their child. Uh, they they couldn't imagine life without them, and there's many many who are living that right now. So it gives you a totally totally different outlook on so much. You know, uh, with Victoria, she's uh, she's a very strong girl. She's very strong um, uh, physically now, even, but mentally, oh my goodness, it, there's no you can't measure the capacity in these girls' minds. Uh, they're like, to me, their minds are like, they're like sponges. They just soak up constantly. They want to 
you know, uh, voice. They they want to talk. They want to express. And they are, as I've said in, in prior, you know, shows we've had, and even with, uh, you remember having, you know, people that have been in the Rett Syndrome community that we've had on, they, they're prisoners in their own body. You know, they want, they they know. They're so smart. They They know they can do it. It's that thing, you know, picture yourself, you're sitting at a table, and you have a glass in front of you. You want to pick it up. You know you can. But there's that one little tiny connection that's going, I can't do it. You know, they just, they want to. I've seen her reach out and grab, she's grabbed things off the table before, held them in her hand for a moment, and dropped them. And that right there is a, a huge milestone. Now, a lot of people would think, oh, what, picking up a pen off a table is a huge milestone? That's tremendous. In her world, that is tremendous. It's, I've written it down. I said, oh, my goodness, I really picked, up, picked up a spoon today, you know. So, you know, I might get funny looks from people thinking, oh, your kid picked up a spoon and it's a big deal. Uh, of course it is. That's That's amazing. You know, so that's the world – as we said, we're in a, in a different world, so to speak. And at the same time, we want to tell everybody else, hey, we're, we're, we're right there with you. You know, yeah, your kid's up running around, playing, getting into things and all that. You know, I'd give any, you know, I'd love for my daughter to get up and just go and make a mess. You know, she got up, and I can remember her, her older sister being about three or four years old. She got into the kitchen and dumped flour everywhere. Now, I can recall that day, and I remember cleaning it up. I remember telling her not to do it again. But if Victoria could get up out of her chair right now, go in the kitchen and do the same thing, I mean, tomorrow, if she could do that, wow. I'd probably, I'd probably take pictures of it. I'd, I'd mount it on the wall. <laughs> you know, that's, that, is, that is the world we're in. You know, it's, uh, you, you see things in such a different way. Right. Uh, yeah, so exactly. And, uh, you know, I mean, again, you you dealt the cards you are dealt. You know, I, I remember mm-hmm. one of the things, you're a, you can't change, if you're a sailor, you can't change the, uh, the direct direction of the wind, but you can That's adjust right. the sails. So why don't you talk about that, how you get up every single day with this challenge and how you turn it into the best possible day you can? Well, uh, it's a moment at a time, uh, getting up. And I can give you a scenario of a day, uh, getting up and getting her out of bed. Um, I'm very grateful for my husband. He helps out in a tremendous way. Uh, you know, I get her, I change her, get her dressed. Uh, we get her out to the table. She has her breakfast with medication. You have to brush her teeth, brush her hair, Um you know, got to get her braces on her legs, um, you know, get her downstairs. We're on a second level, and her, you know, she has a wheelchair that's over, I want to say over 92 pounds, and she's over 70. I think she's probably past 75 pounds right now. And he carries her up and down those stairs, and he carries a chair up and down the stairs. And and it's just, I've had people give looks like, how do you do it? Because there's no question as to how. You just do it. You know, it's something, exactly, something that just clicks. You just do it. And, you know, she gets home. um, 
you know, normally she'll she'll relax for a while, but you know, it's uh days that she is not at school or weeks on end that she's not at school because of certain flus, viruses going around. We've kept her home. Um you know, if she winds up with anything respiratory, she'll be she's usually you know, she'd be sent to critical care if if she you know, we try not to let that happen. Um there's physical therapy that needs to be done, uh occupational speech and you know, there's you know, people have said before, you know, have you done the research on this? And I, I said, there's, there's no picking up the book. I said, we learn every day from her. She's our teacher. She teaches us every day. So that's pretty much what you say, you know, to give a good scenario of, of a, you know, a day, it's lessons every day. You're learning another lesson every single day when you wake up and when she goes to bed. Um there's a new a newfound strength inside of you every single day. Um, you realize your weaknesses every single day. And putting off your needs too, you know, and to make sure she has what she needs. And, and I don't mean as a material-wise, I mean just even, you know, I have days where I'm dragging myself around, you know, I'm just uh, either pain or, or, or tired. And like I said, you know, if it wasn't for my husband, I'd, I don't know, but he helps out. But I've had to go in and take care of her. Um, waking up in the middle of the night, I can remember sometimes being up at 1.30 in the morning and not getting back to sleep till 5 o'clock. A lot of times when people say, you know, oh, we just had a child, a newborn baby, you're up for most of the night. I said, that doesn't hit. Not with Rett syndrome. It doesn't it. You you have it until, you know, we don't even like to say it, but, you know, until she's a certain age and if she was to go to have to, you know, if she could get to that assisted living <clears throat> and have a place of her own, that would be fantastic as we know that, you know, she had conquered so much to get there. But this is it every single day. And... You know, there's times where there's places that you get invited to. You can't go. You know, I try to tell people, please understand, you know, that this is this is the way it is. You know, we'll try to make it. If we can't make it, you know, I'm sorry, we'll, we'll try another time. But, you know, that's the thing. We've always called it Tory time. Victoria, we call it Tory for short. Um, because it's her time first. You know, so that's the way it is every day. Right, and so it, it. I mean, this is what uh, you know. I think we both kind of woke up at the term striving. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, y- yes, of course that you, when you have a mission or a goal, but you don't. You know, I remember reading a great book called "The um, Zen and the Arts of Motorcycle Maintenance," and he said mm-hmm. the trip is not about the the journey is not about the mountain top. The journey is this rock, this stream, this tree, you know, this animal. Mm-hmm. That's that's the journey. Yes, you want to get to the top, but if you if you're focused just on the top, if you're focused on someday, you've missed the whole journey. Exactly, you're missing out on so much that's going on around you. I see that. I think we mentioned about uh, you. You mentioned in the last show you I did. Um, 
you know, pop in a few times that I said even up in here in, in Maine, I noticed that there's a lot of people, you know, just rushing, rushing through the day, rushing through life, not taking the time to stop, you know, look around you a little bit. And then people wonder why, you know, oh, I missed that. Why didn't I see that? You know, we keep our eyes. I'm, I sit here sometimes, I, you know, Victoria will be at school and I'll look out the door and there's a little squirrel running back and forth. You know, uh, we have a compost bin and it has taken an interest in it. Just that squirrel alone, I've taken pictures of it. You know, I went outside the other day and there was a huge bumblebee going around a flower. I took pictures of that. You know, some people say, oh, I don't know what to do that for. Why not? Why not take in even what seems to be the smallest things around you? And uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And and you know, so I mean, again, go back and I want you to think of, like you said, you don't recognize the person who you were, you know, twenty years ago. And you know, obviously, who you are today. So with all of that, you know, who are you? I mean, what have you learned? What, uh, how do you see yourself? How do you see life? How do you see, um, you know, living every day? I mean, what's your experience? I have become a lot more humbled. Uh, I have taken in uh, or and accepted the fact that uh, I am very empathic, very sensitive to others' emotions and to those around me. And I I think another thing I've learned is, at times, is to say no. You know, there are times you have to say no. That way back in the day, it was, oh, sure. Yeah, I'll do this. I'll go this place. I'll do that. But maybe I didn't feel like it. But I did it anyway. And now I'm more like, no. You know, I, I don't really want to do that. You know, I've realized that I do have to take that time for me. Um, and and I, I, for the longest time, I thought it was being selfish, but I, I now realize that it's not. And I've also, like I said, broken out of another shell. I can remember back, what was it, three, four years ago when you had me on the first time? I'm trying to remember to get the time okay. frame right. Yeah, where I was, oh my goodness, I can remember. I was, uh, I, I think I was, I was huddled in a shell. I, I was nervous. I was, you know, um, I think I had a lot more uh, self-confidence that I had to build before, you know, being able to step out and just say, okay, I'm going to do this. And that's another thing I noticed in, and I, I balanced out, of course, balance is very important between being self-confident and not, show, not having conceit. Because for the longest time, I thought that if I was to show any self-confidence, that others may perceive me as being conceited. And that's far from what I'm from. Um, so that's another thing I've noticed within me uh, is a little more self-confidence uh, and I'm a lot more patient than I was, a lot more. I I was definitely given the virtue of patience, and that's something Victoria taught me. And, of course, having having both children taught me that. But um, 
being, you know, taking care of her over time gave me that gift of patience. I um, learned a lot more about myself, about my gifts, about, um, you know, what, what I had been experiencing through most of my life was actually getting me ready for where I am now. And I, you know, at one point in time, um, it was when I was a teenager, I uh, remember, and I think back to it every now and then, I was suicidal. And nowadays, I'm very passionate about reaching out to those who, you know, have considered it. And I told them, it. you can talk to me, open up. So, you know, I think back to that and I say, you know, what if, God forbid I didn't, but wow, look what I would have missed out on. You know, and... I, uh, I, I realize that I have my weaknesses still. I realize I still have my insecurities. I feel that all of us have at least something that we're not all that strong or confident about. Um, I got over my, my images when it comes to, you know, my, my body, my figures. I knew there was much more to me than just what's on the outside. And only so many people really knew deep down to my inner core of who I was. But then I realized that the most important one of all in this life that's going to, you know, that it that means the most is myself. I'm the one that has to live with me till the very end. So in order for me to do that, I have to be my own friend and not be my worst enemy. So when I think back to those times when, you know, I could say pessimism was my 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 shroud. I was just I was it was awful. I I just say wow, you know. I got past that. And then after you know losing both of my parents, you know, and feeling like oh I felt you feel alone, you know. I'd almost you know I might be and I'm not ashamed to state it. I'm going to be 39 in August felt somewhat orphaned in a way. Um, then it taught me something. I said, no, I, you know, they're, they're still with me. You know, number one. Number two, I can get past this. I know I can. I've gotten past, you know, so much. Um, I said, it just came to my mind from the day that Victoria was diagnosed to now and seeing the compliments she's made um, to when... Uh, something as simple as losing weight. So when I started my routine, you call it a routine, I don't like to, but, you know, to now and how far I've come. And, uh, for instance, this morning I got up, I did a short workout. Uh, normally I go about 45 minutes, but I might have been going 15 or 20. But I said, you know, that's that's further than where I was yesterday. That's, right. you know... 20 jumping jacks ahead from where I was yesterday. So when it comes to seeing what, you know, what shells are broke out of, how much I have, quote, sprouted or blossomed, um, there's there's been, sitting here looking back, there's been a lot. I've noticed that, um, especially with uh, beginning to identify who I am to myself. Well, let me ask you: Do you do you find some joy in every day? I do. There's there's something to to be grateful for. 
to smile about, to laugh about every single day. There's something, there's something there. I could be having a, a down day. Victoria gets off the bus. The first thing she does is smile at me. Well, good. <laughs> you know, that it's contagious. You know, I, I just start smiling and giggling and telling you, oh, you've had a good day today. Well, my day just got better. Um, something do, as... Do you do, things, do you do things every single day that you do for yourself or for your family and involved? Does that bring joy, moments of joy? Yes. Um, well, for me, it's... Uh, getting out for a walk or exercising or doing yoga and meditation, um, cooking or baking, uh, writing. We get into that subject. Uh, I've been picking up the pen a lot more. Writing has been a, a big deal for me ever since I was a child. So uh, that uh, music, music is huge for me. I love music. Um, whether it be dancing around, my mother would started teaching me dance when I was five years old, uh, choreography type dance. And that's something that I will do. Say I'm cleaning. I turn the music on. I'm dancing around cleaning. That's something she used to do all the time. You catch her with a broom. She was dancing with it. <laughs> you know. Uh, so, yes. And some people may say, oh, that's kind of simple. You know, it's not really. Um, I enjoy time, time well spent um, with friends sitting at the table laughing. I like to put, we like to put the phones aside, just say, you know, get rid of that for now. Shut the TV off, put music on or what have you. And even just being a com- complete goof, being silly. My daughter and I do it all the time. My daughter Savannah and I, we get to the point where belly laughs because we're just being complete clowns. You know, we're, whether, whatever it may be, we could be listening to a song and, and dancing around goofy to it, or we could be, um, she'll walk around the corner and make a funny face at me, you know, something like that. So, yes, definitely there's uh, countless things you can find joy in every day. Great. And, and um, so you, you obviously you've learned to move, and it's, it's, it's so easy a trap for all of us to, 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 to feel self-pity. And no matter who we are, I mean, you'll look at these crazy movie stars and celebrities and multi-billionaires, and, you know, it, it just shocks you, doesn't it, when you see these people uh, talking about, you know, or they turn to drugs or they just, whatever. They just create these miserable lives for themselves. Doesn't it kind of, you know, what does that do to you? What, do, what does that say? What do, you, what do you think of that? What's your reaction? My reaction is that no matter how far, as, you, as somebody would say far, or successful, or famous a person can get in life, it still doesn't change the fact. You're, it doesn't change. It really doesn't change anything. It's just uh, you're still dealing with everything everybody anybody else is dealing with. Uh, and even I've had people, and especially young people, say, "I just I want to be famous. I want to be rich. Money, money, money." That, that's not the key to happiness. I'm sorry. Um, I will admit, you know, we, we're on a budget, you know, being uh, the family we are and, and all, and we're happy, <laughs> you know, it, uh, it doesn't take much really live simply to simply live. Um, but when I see these, these people and you know, saying people think they have such fantastic lives, uh, 
maybe in certain ways, but I would think there'd be a lot, a lot of uh, heaviness hanging over them, um, um, stress. Um, I just, uh, I think I've seen some of the happiest people living the most simplest lives. Absolutely. Let me, let me, um, you know, my, I think you already mentioned it. We're not, we aren't driving the bus. Now, when I think of some of the miracles that have happened in your life, you just mentioned, you know, that, you know, um, Corey, well, I did get his name right, right? Who? I'm sorry, I didn't. Your husband's name. Uh, Colby. No, that's fine. Colby. All right. Mm-hmm. Close, but not so close. Yeah, <laughs> close. Colby. Mm-hmm. Now, when you think of that, here you are, at one time you were a single mother, blah, 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 and mm-hmm. try to imagine your life without Colby. I mean, you just mentioned what he does every single day, carrying this uh, chair in, your, your, uh, mm-hmm. in Victoria. And when mm-hmm. you think about that, that certainly came into your life, didn't it? It did. I I remember I was I was a single mother for I want to say close to four years, taking care of Victoria. By you know I had I had Savannah's help a little, and I had my mother who was you know lived in the apartment next to me, um, that would help out in any way they could. But I was carrying her up and down the stairs. I was actually. Uh, attending to her, she had, was on a special machine. She was on a machine at one point um, for she had a nasogastric tube, and getting up in the middle of the night, changing the machine, changing the bags, doing this. I, I did it on my own, and there was just one day, you know, I'd given up. I said, no, I'm not going to find anybody. Nobody's going to walk into my life that's going to accept not only you know a mother, a single mom with two kids, but a single mother with two kids that one of the children is handicapped. She's in a wheelchair. This is a challenge here, you know. It's enough just just even uh, a lot of men think women are challenges, but, you know, to have two kids and then one um, with a condition like Victoria has, I gave up. I'm not going to find anybody, so I'm just going to let it go. And uh, I was having a day. I walked down on my my father's stone, and I I would go and, and visit and check it out and talk to him and everything, and I said, Dad, I said, I said, look, I said, I'm giving up. I'm letting go. I said, if, if you find, if there's somebody out there that you would agree with, which was slim to none, <laughs> full-blooded Italian, old-world Italian father, uh, you know, give me a sign. Well, at the time, I was on MySpace, and I was just, you know, going back and forth with friends, and, and this this name pops up on me. And I said, I recognize this name. I had actually met him years prior. In a, I lived in a, a coastal town further down east. And I said, yeah, he does look familiar. And he just he complimented me on my eyes and, you know, and all. And I got back to him and we chit-chatted for a while. And then it was, oh, would you like to meet me? Oh, sure. And he came over. He brought his daughter with him. And we sat and talked, and then he asked me if I'd like to go to dinner, and that's how that came about. And, of course, I was very defensive in the beginning because I said, you know, you know yeah, you know, he's got kids, I've got kids, and, 
I accept I would accept, you know, him having children, but is is he going to be able to accept this major challenge? Now, he grew up in a lobster fishing family. He had a boat and uh, he actually took me out for a whole season. I fell in love with it. Loved it out there. Still do when I get chances to go out. Um and I'm thinking, you know, uh, you know, I don't know. Well, the, one day at a time, we'll see how this works. And then was it August 2009? We went on Victoria's Make-A-Wish trip, and that's where you know I met Paul. Um, and he proposed to me, and we'd been together. I said over four years when he did, and I think I was in shock for a while because. You know, even though he had been with me for that four years, you know, he accepted that challenge. He, you know, he, and he even said, he goes, I don't think of her as a challenge. And I said, well, there's a lot to it. He went through a lot with me, you know, with her. She was in, she was in the hospital for over a month at one point. She was in critical care for a month. And he was every single day in and out. He fought, he fought with doctors, everything. And and we weren't even married yet. You know, he didn't even have that stepfather label yet. He was already in there, you know, arguing with the doctor, saying, no, you're not going to do this. No, you know. And it blew me away because I never, ever pictured any man coming in my life that would take that on and accept it. And I guess uh, my father pretty much... Uh, you know, I bet he was snickering on that one because uh, he actually knew his family. They used to come into the restaurant, my father, my mother and father ran. And it, it was just it was just odd the way it all came about. But um, he's been there through some very trying times. And, uh, and I'm very grateful, very grateful for it. Yeah, and, and again... <clears throat> Could you have predicted that? Could you have made that happen? I might have. <laughs> I feel that you know I put that out there, especially when I went down and and. Oh no, um, you. I understand that, but I mean, right, could yeah. you yourself uh, gone out and said, you know, walk down the street or got on MySpace and started chasing individuals or you know pursuing them? I mean, could you? No. You've got a guy who accepted you unconditionally. I mean, mm-hmm. what are the odds? Uh, very, to me, at the time, was slim to none, I felt at the time. But it proved me wrong, you know. Right. And so, I mean, this isn't something you sit down and you write on a piece of paper and you say that I'm going to accomplish this. No, no, not uh, this. Yeah, that's no, what I'm that, that I didn't do so, so it is yeah. interesting, you know, there's a saying in, in the Bible, you know, Jesus said, uh, why do you worry? He said, you know, don't you, don't you look at the birds? Don't you see that they don't worry about food? Uh, he says, don't you see that the lilies don't spin and toil? They just are themselves, and yet they flourish? Mm-hmm. And so to me, this is a perfect example of that, that even though you certainly don't have you know, if you were to write a fairy tale picture of a life, you you have the life you have, and somehow things come along to move it forward. That exactly. And so, this idea of striving, which 
you know, kind of graded with me and you the other day. What's the striving? There is no. Um, I have to say it. There, there is no. I can't. I can't seem to grasp grasp that right now. Um, I I feel that you just do um, something. Um, I've been bringing my parents up a lot. Something my father used to say: "You just do. You just do it." Yeah, and, and you you get up, you do the best you can every day, and you let go, like you said. Mm-hmm. Every, but you let go. let go. The key word was you let go with that whole finding a mate situation. It, yes, because there's there's so many things we cannot control, and I've had people argue with me on that. What do you mean you can't control? I said, well, sure, there's plenty of things we can. I said, I could sit here and I could control um, the fact. I could reach out and um, I could pick up a piece of paper. But I'm controlling that right now. There's a lot of people, you know. But then I've got the other, I've got the other point of view of Victoria that she can't control that. But yet she has made massive impacts on people. So yep. it's, yeah. So... It's uh, it's all to me. Uh, one of the biggest words that I use is perspective. And when it comes to controlling, um, you know, I can't control. You know, um, I'm trying to think. There's a lot of things I can't control. I, if I was to name them off, I'd be here all day. But what's going to happen in half an hour from now? I can't really control it. I can think positive about this day. I can say this is going to be a good day. I could try to, you know, what, whatever, whatever things I do to control, whatever I do try to control throughout the day. Yes, a half hour from now, something wonderful may happen. But who knows? We're just, you know, it's as you always said, it's, you're not driving the bus. But I feel we can control where we get off the bus. Oh, if you can get. Is, you can. You not only control that. You control if you want to get on or not. <laughs> well, yeah, exactly. The next bus could come up and go. No, I'm not going there. <laughs> you know. Yeah, definitely. You know, there could be a certain street. Oh, I have one. I'm gonna get off over here, but I'm gonna wait. Oh, see where the bus. bus. Well, you know, so it comes down to not only letting go, but it comes down to trusting, right? And when you do that Trust. every single day. I mean, how else can you? I mean, do you do you think of these principles, or do you just do them automatically now? You get up, you a see your situation time. every single day, and then do you just say, "Listen, you know, to your whatever it is, the universe, your higher self, God, whatever you want to call it, I don't care, the force, the life force, um, you know, whatever." I mean, I do. I mean, when I find things coming my way, I go, "Hey, this is way too big for me to handle. I'm going to let you do this." You know, I love that saying from Paul McCartney. When I find myself in times of trouble, Mother Mary comes to me singing words of wisdom. Let it be, let it be. Mm-hmm. There will be an answer. Let it be. And don't you find that? I do. There's there's an answer. Uh, it's something we brought Colby up, but he's whenever there's been an issue... Um, great or small, there's times that, yeah, I've gotten stressed out over it. I've gotten worked up. And he says, why stress about it? There's exactly. a solution to every problem. 
there is a solution. If a problem is laid before you, there is a solution to that problem. It's sometimes you're you're given the clues or the hints to that solution, and sometimes no, you've got to find them yourself. And this is going to be a trip, and it's it's going to be a rugged one, but you'll make it to the end because there are going to be people, places, things through on the way that will help guide you to the end of that and find the solution. Exactly. But in my eyes, you so need to find So in trusting and do living like that, what, what do you find internally? or How does your body, how does your heart, how does all of that react when you, at those moments, say, you know, I surrender this. I let go. I trust you. We'll take care of it. I, at times, have been a um, little, little doubtful at first. But then I say, no, I'm, I'm going to let this go. I have to let this go. And as you said to me, I'll never, ever forget this. And I keep this in mind when I start going there. As I remember one of the shows we did, you said before we went on the air, you said, Rosemary, get out of your head. At that particular day, I was in my head. And from then on, I said, okay, get out of your head, get back in your heart and gut, and trust it, telling you. And that's what I have been trying to do. Um, went off, I think I went off the quote little, I want to say I went on hiatus on that little wagon short time after my mother passed. But then I've been getting back onto it and saying, okay, focus on what it's telling you. And that's what I do. And um, especially when it comes to trusting I I go with my my instinct. Should I trust this? Should I trust this person? Should I trust this place? What should I do? Um, especially, uh, I'll bring up Victoria again. If uh, if she she's had uh, different types of seizures, and there was one there's one in particular that. Um, you know, I, I was going with my gut. I said, should I call for help or what? And then I waited and waited, and she came out of it. I didn't have to call. I didn't get any strange feeling in my gut that day. So it's, I think it's staying out of your head. I know that sounds, that's, to a lot of people, that's going to sound really messed up. <laughs> you know, a lot of people say, well, I'm out of my head. I'm crazy. No, uh, it's not letting it overwhelm you. You get overwhelmed, right. and yeah, and then you lose so control over what you already have control over. So it's using your gut, listening, paying attention, and uh, following your instincts. Exactly. It's great. The inner voice. There you go. Well, you know, the I don't know about voice. you, but I think we've come full circle on this one. Is there anything more you want to add to the, all of this? I just, I have to say, I feel that um, I want to thank you. You've been, you've been a great inspiration over, over the time that I, I uh, jumped into the rabbit hole, so to speak, um, and put my voice out there and um, broken out of a lot of shells, I have to say, and, uh, yeah, I can see Another your growth, thing is, right? And I think it's fantastic, and it took, takes tons of courage. But 
yeah, you're seeing uh, those things, and I, you know, I, I just feel so honored when people say what you've said, and I just tell them what I tell. I'll tell you what I tell everybody. I tell this stuff to everybody, but only a handful listen. Only a handful get it, and you got it. So congratulations. Thank you. So, but uh, as for yeah. All right. Anything else? Yeah. I just uh, I think we've covered you know the adversity, the the grief, um, you know the um, following your gut, following your instinct. Uh, and definitely knowing that we are not in control, that we are not driving the bus. Absolutely right. Uh, you know, I and think a lot. Yeah. Well, I mean, what you to me, what you've accomplished on your journey is uh, getting in touch with love every single day. I mean, the love of your daughter, yeah. her love for you. Love will overcome so much, and uh, you know, you'll have people who may roll their eyes about that, but um, it's the truth. It's the strongest. It will. I feel it'll it'll take down um, anything negative in someone's life. Uh, it will take down some of the the biggest hurdles that people think that they can't get over. Um, and that's that's something is unconditional love. And a lot of times, you know that that's been thrown by the wayside quite a bit. I've seen. And I feel that it it should remain. Because it's the only only way that anyone's going to get through any kind of challenge, you know, adversity, any kind of war that they have. A lot of people are at war with themselves. They have to just that's that's the biggest weapon I feel um, to get over that is unconditionally love yourself first in order to love anyone else for them to love you. I love it. <laughs> All right, and I just found the perfect song to take us off. Anything else you want to say? I think we're all. I'm. I'm quite fulfilled on this, Tom. I really appreciate it. Well, it's great to hear you uh, express yourself to give us those beautiful lessons that you've gone through. You serve as a model and example for anyone. For what you do every single day is just uh, exemplary. Everybody should take a look and see that down at the core of it, it is all about love and it's all about dedication and uh, it's just acceptance. You're using all of the great principles that it takes to live and absolutely living the best life you possibly can. Exactly. And so here's the, here's the song. Tell me if you agree. Um, it's... <laughs> You know it? I think so. I think my mother played it before. I <laughs> I do. We <laughs> I I can't catch the title. The the name oh, of it oh, right yeah, I'll play moment. a little bit for. I love. inspiration, a joy, and uh, you teach. Rosemary, you teach every single day by example. Uh, I try. 
Yes, you do. So keep up the great work. The universe is a better place for you, for Victoria, for Colby, who used to be Corey, in my mind. <laughs> and uh, keep rocking on, and uh, God bless you. Have a beautiful day. Thanks for being Thank on the you, show. Tom. Thank you. All right, take care. care. We're going to go you off too. with this. Everybody join the love train. Yeah.